So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. Let's get to the starting five, starting with number five. Texas A&M fired Jimbo Fisher over the weekend. That is a more than $77 million buyout given to Jimbo Fisher after a 41-point win over Mississippi State. Texas A&M operates differently. Let's, let's be clear. Texas A&M operates differently. And what I want to see at some point in college football, in college sports – is I want to see somebody given Texas or Texas A&M or, or Ohio State money, meaning as like an administrator, athletic director, whoever it is, that has gotten it done and had success and knows how to make a dollar stretch from a smaller program, right? It's, it's the money ball of it all, right? Texas A&M is rich as all get out. They have enough money that they can pay $77 million to Jimbo Fisher to go away, and I fully expect whoever they hire to replace him to be one of the highest-paid coaches in college football. They have so much gosh-darn money, yet they very, very, very firmly don't expect them to be the best program in the country, starting with whoever they hire next. Right? They've had the money for however long, and, and it's been years and decades and decades since they were a premier top flight program. Other than a little blip here or there, right? Johnny Manziel, this, whatever that. They they have, you know, Mike Evans, little, little jumps here and there, but it's it's like it's like Moneyball. Right? If you've seen the movie, if you've read the book, if you just know the story of baseball, uh Billy Bean with the Oakland A's figured out basically analytics. Right, Clark wrote the book. They they embraced it. Right, all of the looking for for the the analytics and the this and buying wins, not players, and it worked for them. But guess what happened? The Red Sox then, with a massive payroll, took the same theories and had all the success, and they won all the World Series. The, the A's never won the World Series, right? The Red Sox did. They broke the curse of the Bambino with money and s- small time thinking. I need to find somebody that's getting it done with significantly less money that figured it out and apply whatever logic they're using to do at Texas A&M. Right? If you can win on a $80 million budget, you should be able to dominate with those same values with a $250 million budget. But for some reason, Texas A&M can never put it together. And because of that, it's kind of fun. And it's what I remind everybody when everyone chases the dollar in college sports. Oh, we want to leave the ACC to go get more money. What, do you want Texas A&M money? You want Texas A&M results? Good luck. Sometimes situation matters. Sometimes uh, where you stand in your conference matters. Sometimes where you stand in your state matters. Texas A&M fired Jimbo Fisher, $77 million buyout. He's going to have roughly $26 million 
in his account of that $77 million buyout within the next 120 days. Just a lump sum, like a get out of here, here's $26 million. And then every year from 2025 to 2031, he's going to get $7.27 million. That is absurd. That is outlandish. That is very, very good for Jimbo Fisher and his family. Would you, uh, Graham, fun little what-if question. Uh, he gets $77 million, the full buyout, by the way. Okay. Uh, whether he coaches again or not. Like, if he goes and coaches for another school, it doesn't – there's no offset language. It doesn't cut into the $77 million. So if he goes and coaches for another school and makes $2 million a year, he gets the $2 million a year in addition to the payout that Texas A&M is sending him. Uh, but he could just sit back and collect $77 million and chill. If you are Jimbo Fisher, are you looking to stay in the game? Are you looking to keep? Are you looking to get another job? Or you, what's your your ideal? I mean, what's the point of getting another job? I mean, with scratch he, the competitive itch. You've worked your entire life to be a Division One head football coach, and you want to continue to do it. You maybe you. It you, would depend on what school. Do you think you'd get bored sitting at home? I feel like with that amount of money that you're getting paid up until 2031, you could find something, to, find something to keep you entertained. To me, it's just it would come down to what program it is, what the offer is to go along with the amount of money that he's getting paid. Seventy-seven million. I mean, okay, let's. let's he's pretty much okay. getting. He pretty much didn't get paid. He's pretty. He pretty much didn't get fired. He got paid to retire. In my, yeah, in he got my a opinion. very nice severance package. Um, would you let's let's ask one more little inside the mind of Graham question here. Uh, Let's say you decide not to go. Terrible place to go, by the way. <laughs> it's dangerous in here. I don't even want to look around. Uh, let's say you decide not to coach. You yeah. have seventy-seven million dollars. What what hobby are you picking up? Are you get like, are are you volunteering? What's the move? Are you you going to become a golfer? What's what, what what's Graham doing? I feel like Jimbo Fisher. I'm not talking about Jimbo. Not Fisher. talking about. I'm saying Graham Hill just got paid seventy-seven million dollars by Texas A&M to retire. He's already made roughly forty or fifty over the last five or six oh, years. Heck. So you're looking at a nest egg of, you know, after taxes, probably seventy, eighty million. In that case, let's bring that MLB baseball team to Raleigh. <laughs> you might need a little more than that. Uh, the drive with. Or Tim let's Mount. contribute to yeah. building. You, you, can, you can get a nice little two percenter. Yeah. You, you, you can get a suite uh, if it comes here. Uh, the drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9. The fan, that's number five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Shout out to the NC State women's basketball program. They defeated number two UConn. And they did it by basic. I mean, Rivers ran all over. Career best, 33 points, uh, 10 rebounds. I mean, Paige Becker's who at the end of that one? I know she's also – I didn't realize uh, – the, the side. She's 6-1. That's tough to deal with on the perimeter. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll add is this. Take that, Holly Rowe. Holly Rowe is one of the most like beloved uh, broadcasters out there, right? Yeah, I need some context behind this. You can go find it on social media. She was promoting the games. You know how like at the end of another game they'll say, here's what's coming up on the network. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were breaking down the, the women's basketball slate coming up. And, you know, there was, uh, whatever, I, two other games they promoted and also NC State and UConn in, in Charlotte. And whoever the, the other broadcaster was just said, oh, what do you think? That, that you know, that NC State-UConn game, upset alert. She, like, couldn't contain herself from giggling. She was like, ha, ha, ha. No, I don't think that one's upset alert for number two UConn. 
like, whoa, Holly, a little aggressive there, huh? And then, uh, and then of course, they won the game. So it's like, take that, Holly Rowe. Take that NCAA tournament. Take that NCAA tournament. But you want to talk about neutral site location. NC State kind of got their revenge from a couple years ago. Yeah, rematch of the uh, NCAA. It was the Elite Eight, right, in 2022? Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, even even more additionally, I think NC State was picked to finish like eighth or something in the ACC. You beat number two team in the country. You might go from unranked to rank like 12th. And, and the first readjustment of the ranking. Well, they've made a huge jump in this week or in the latest NCAA top 25 women's ranking. There you go. Well, a couple more big wins, top 10. Also, have you checked your have you checked your email recently? Oh, why? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, guess, I've, I've gotten emails. I, I, I guess I get to uh, tell the news. It's to say guard to Nia Rivers tomorrow oh, on the yes, program. Exactly. I did know that. Uh, yeah, well, she'll, she'll be joining the program tomorrow about 445. Talk about what it's like to knock off the number two team in the country. Preseason Associated Press All-American Paige Beckers scored 33. Rivers said, that's nice. I got 33. She scored 27. I think said, I also nice. read I got 33. I think I also read Brittany Griner was there. Ooh, I didn't I didn't know that. We'll have to look into it. We'll, we'll be prepped. Rivers will give us the down low uh tomorrow when she joins the show. The program's first win against the Huskies in more than a quarter century. Another interesting basketball game. This will be kind of number four will be the basketball reactions, and we'll have more as the week goes along. Uh, Duke lost to Arizona since the last time we talked. Um, interesting. I um, The bigs for Duke are going to have to play a little bit better offensively. Uh, Ryan Young is going to have to knock down some jumpers. There were some, some possessions where when when Ryan Young got the ball, they sagged way off and then just denied, denied, denied everyone else on the court. Uh, you're going to have to keep them honest. Uh, but other than that, and by the way, Mark Mitchell and, and Stewart off the bench, there are some other guys they can go to. Um, it's just, you know, Duke got uh, humbled real quick. Number two team in the country loses. Granted, this was to the number 12 team in the country, not an unranked team, but it is what it is. John Shire also needs a bounce-back game from guard Tyrese Proctor. Only had eight points on three of nine shooting, one of six from the three-point line. He did not have a typical I was Tyrese Proctor game, and it kind of hurt them. I was expecting more from him. But again, very early. <laughs> it's funny, right? When the team from the triangle beats the number two team in the country, we're like, take that. Where's Holly Rowe? Where's the naysayers? Throw it in their face. When the team from the triangle is a number two team in the country and they lose, we're like, it's early. They just got to make a couple adjustments. It's not a big deal. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, they get a chance to redeem themselves real quickly playing Michigan State tomorrow in the Champions Classic. Super quickly out there in Chicago. Uh, that was number four. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. NC State football this time. They beat Wake Forest over the weekend. Post by 3-0. Beat Clemson, beat Miami, beat Wake. Not all of those are made the same. However, you've had a different quarterback. You've won in a, the same way, right? We, we talked about this earlier. Uh, every coach that I've ever played for talks out of both sides of their mouth a little bit. They love to tell you in a team meeting, this week is about us. It's about what we do. It's about the people in these walls. It's about us. And then you go to your position group and you spend all week watching the other team on film. And you're like, wait a, wait a, wait a minute, right? If it's only about us, why are we watching that? And anyway, uh, NC State really is making it about them. 
They play Miami. They hold Miami comes in with Tyler Van Dyke, right? All of the the uh, accolades and the physical abilities of a quarterback that at one point in time, probably not anymore, but at one point in time was a big big NFL prospect. And Miami with all the speed and all the four star recruits and all of this, they held them to six points. After leading the ACC in offensive categories, then they go play at Wake Forest. Wake Forest has quarterbacks that have underwhelmed. Obviously, Wake Forest doesn't recruit at the same level as some of the teams with uh, larger NIL budgets like Miami. And they're so different, right? They've had the same coach forever. Miami rifles through coaches every couple years. Uh, NC State holds them to six points. It's like, all right, so it is about you. You hold teams to six points regardless of who is on the other side. Uh, Here's Dave Dorn on holding Wake Forest to just six points in that game over the weekend. Our defense is awesome, man. I mean, those guys do a great job. Tony uh, has played against these guys multiple times, has a good feel for them. Our kids have a good feel for them. And he did a good job mixing it up. We strained up front, and especially in that first quarter, we were in their backfield. I don't think they had a first down until might have been end of the first half. Five minutes left in the half, yeah. So, I mean, came out fast, just dominated and set the tone, you know, and Guys did a good job. You know, when you play these guys, they're going to throw it deep on you seven or eight times. And our corners really held up today. Did a great job outside on, on number 80. He's a big, big dude, you know. And so I thought Aiden and Shy Battle both really played at a high level. That's what NC State is. Aiden, meaning Aiden White, and Shy Battle, their two corners, are legitimate top-tier ACC corners. Let them set the tone. Peyton Wilson is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate nationally. Let him set the tone. Davin Van, Savion Jackson made plays up front. Let them set the tone. Offense, you're not tone setters. You 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 ride the wave of tone that the defense sets. Brennan Armstrong runs for 95 yards, lead him, leads him in rushing as the quarterback taking over. Uh, almost runs for more yards than he throws for. That's, that's the tone, right? The defense is going to hold him to six. Be cautious. Tuck it and run when you have to. Uh, throw it when you have to. Get through your progressions when you have to. But be efficient. Complete a high percentage of your passes. And let them set the tone. Looking back on this win, and people are going to kind of scratch their head when I say this, but ride with me for a little bit. Okay. This win this past week ago a long way at the end of NC State season if it finishes the way Dave Doran's staff wants it to finish. And what I mean by that, this game could have easily been a trap game. Not just because it's Wake Forest. Two of ten in the last two meet, two of ten over the last twelve years in Winston Salem, but it could have been a trap game just because of all the extra news regarding MJ Morris. Got to give a lot of credit to Dave Dorn because I'm sure he coached his team the hardest he's ever coached them so far this season. It goes going one, to the game this it, week. It goes one of two ways, right? Either that, and this is the coach pulling the strings. This is the type of culture and leadership you have on your team. When when you have a little bit of turmoil, sometimes it galvanizes the group. Sometimes it rattles them and, and divides them. I think, it, I think it galvanized them. I think they, they handled it the right way. Uh, that's number three. Let's get to number two. Just the two of us. I like the way this, this was phrased the, when I said it earlier. The Carolina Hurricanes can kick their own butt in gear. That is, speak of good cultures, that is what you want as a coach. The um, One of the better sports cultures in the history of sports is the Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich Spurs, right? You can go back and watch their old games. There were multiple games where they were playing poorly, right? Long basketball season, 82 games. 
There were games where the Spurs maybe weren't handling their business. Pop, Coach Popovich would call a timeout, and Tim Duncan or Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker would say, like, Pop, I got this. Right? And then the, the four other starters would sit on the bench, and the person sitting on the, the stool facing them would be one of the players. And they, they would light the fire. They would do the motivation. They would get the whiteboard out and draw up what they're doing wrong. They would do it because it's like, no, coach, we've been around long enough. We've done. We know what's going. You stay over there. Right? You go talk with the assistant coaches. You go find R.C. Buford. You go talk to Ime Udoka. You go talk to Becky Hammond, whoever the, the, the you know, uh, Budenholzer, whoever the assistant of choice was at the time. We got this. And I feel like the Canes are, are near or at that point. They didn't play well on Friday. Lost 5-2 to the Panthers. Yikes, right? Was not a good, good game. Walt Ruff, our good friend and team reporter, said after the game was not a fun place. He called it one of the most angry locker rooms that he had been in, Walt Ruff, that Walt had been in in his three years with the Canes. Rod Brindamore made his thoughts known, but also a, a group of leadership made their thoughts known about preparation and work ethic and not having everyone on board. Jordan Martinook came out and said they needed to play against the Panthers like the Panthers were the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year because they were. Then the next day, they beat Tampa Bay for Zippy in a dominant victory. To me, that is them doing the Spurs thing. It's like, Coach, we appreciate your thoughts. We know you're not happy with it. Let the leadership group talk. Let Martin Nook get his thoughts out. We'll be good to go at the end of this timeout, which, I mean, a back-to-back, you essentially have like an 18-hour timeout, right? You, You don't get to practice. You don't get to do a whole bunch. You just get to go out there and play, make your adjustments and play. I, I love that the Canes are there. I wish they didn't have to lose on Friday to, you know, show Motivate us them, yeah. to, to to show us how good they are. But let's be real: hockey season's like a basketball season, like a baseball season. It's really gosh darn long. You're not going to win them all. It's about how you react to the losses that become so important. So you play well on Saturday. You win for Zippy for O. Now you come home for a little. You have a long break, by the way, three consecutive days off. Then you have a five-game homestand. It's a chance to build on it, keep making those adjustments, and make sure you have the buy-in. It's also nice that you got to see Sebastian Ahur get a goal and assist to mm-hmm. added two points in the game just because last year in that playoff series, it seems like he would get flustered a lot by, by the Florida Panthers. I'm sure he was not happy with his performance that he had in the loss, but it was nice to see him bounce back against a Lightning team that, again, Tampa Bay Lightning, they have the Stanley Cup history. They're, they're a relatively good franchise. That's a good way to put it. That's number four. Sorry, number two. Let's get to number one. The one! Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. North Carolina beat Duke in double overtime. That's about as fun of a game as you are going to watch. That is about as fun of a game as you will play in if you're North Carolina. It it was fun to play in right up until the final two-point conversion was no good for the Duke players. Then it became a really, really heartbreaking loss. Uh, On the win, here's the head coach of the Tar Heels, Mac Brown. What a game. It was fun to coach. It was fun to watch both teams compete. I'm proud for Mike. 
But, uh, he's done such a great job coaching there, and um, he, he uh, pulled everything you could pull. The onside kick, the, the fake the punt, the, uh, they hung in there. They did the things they needed to do to hang in there. We had chances to extend our lead during the game uh, and, and just didn't do it. We didn't do a good job in the red zone at times. And, um, just really, really proud that these guys didn't get their head down and hung in there and found a way to win. Um, because that was uh, that was a very diff difficult game to stay positive and keep your good body language and, and do the things you need to do to come out on top. Do you think it's uh, Mac Brown's last game in Keenan Stadium? Ooh. This is not you, the reporter that covers North Carolina and asks questions at media availabilities. This is Graham, the the fan of college football, playing a gut instinct. I I think I I could see one more year. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because knowing Mac, I feel like it, he'd feel like it'd be unfair to leave right after Drake May leaves this, this season. Then Tez Walker possibly. I feel like if he's going to go out, he wants to do it with at least one more time with a new group of mm -hmm. players to then kind of set the tone for the next person there to is, take over. There are kind of two two types of coaches. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think Mac at least would like to be in the group you just mentioned. The two types of coaches are one that, you know, is going to retire when the, the stud quarterback leaves and is like, well, I'm going to enjoy all of the fun of having the stud quarterback. When you're riding on the high horse. And and then I'm going to walk away, and it's going to be like, oh, when the, co when the coach left, they weren't as good, when in actuality it's when the quarterback left. Then there's the other that, that almost wants to leave when the stud quarterback is going to be a senior. Uh, Bob Stoops did this. Bob Stoops at Oklahoma left going into Baker Mayfield's senior year. That let Lincoln Riley take over Baker Mayfield's senior year, uh, which set him up for success. And also it allows you to kind of pick your your successor because right the, the powers that be won't want to change up everything going into a year where you expect to contend. So if Mac Brown was going to play that game, I think he would have left last year uh, or sit around until he has another stud or at least competent quarterback that he can pass off to the next guy. Well, I mean, these are two different similarities because one involves a national championship, but just look at Roy Williams, for example. Could have easily mm. retired after the 2017 Men's Basketball National Championship. No, wanted to go with a new group, wanted to mm -hmm. see if he still had them, and then finally got to the point where he said, I just don't feel like I can coach well enough to put these guys in a position to succeed. I'm paraphrasing a and, little and bit. And then but. Hubert Davis got to go to the National Championship game his first year, right? Yeah. Set, set him up. That's a nice, that's a nice thing to do. It's a very nice thing to do. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.